In this episode, we discuss the statutory rapiest comedy since Gigi. That's my boy. Flophouse. I'm Dan McCoy. I'm Stuart Wellington. And I'm Elliot Kalin, the first. Good job, Stu. You did it. Yeah. You said, you your, said name. your name at the right time. <laughs> okay. You didn't, so let's, you didn't uh, think Dan was talking to you and then go, hey, Dan. Let's wrap it up. <laughs> <laughs> Is this so new? this has been the Flophouse. I'm Elliot Kalin. I, I'm just wondering if this newfound professionalism. I'm Stuart Wellington. <laughs> no, no, no. <laughs> I was wondering if this newfound professionalism was uh, because this is the first time we're recording since Entertainment Weekly You're ruining it. put us on their, their must list. Their must list for the mu- mustiest people in America. Mmm, <laughs> smell that damp smell. <laughs> it's like we live in a swamp it's or like a, a basement. You've been working on that one since... Uh, must. <laughs> has been working on that one since you saw the, the posting or the, mu- not, the musty joke? I'm not really joke? working on it so much as it's just, you know, it's the kind of... R- refining it? It's the kind of... Flash lightning brilliance that you, you tune into the Flophouse for. But I do want to recommend, uh, I, I want to remind, rather, subscribers to Entertainment Weekly that by to subscribing, they are entering into a legal contract with Entertainment Weekly that anything that they say that you must consume, you must they consume. They have to. Uh, and also that they should keep writing Entertainment Weekly saying, hey, more Flophouse coverage, please. <laughs> yeah. We love these guys. What's going on with those guys? Maybe a cover. Uh, but it's so Maybe with Stuart in his... Tuxpedo? Yeah, I'll, I'll do it. By the time this is put up, it's me and the been... cast of Grey's Anatomy. They're in their doctor's <laughs> scrubs, and me and my tuxedo. Why would you be there with Grey's Anatomy? It's a must-list reunion. Yeah. <laughs> Just you and Remember the ba- when? you and Bates Motel and the and Grey's Anatomy. Remember when? It's <laughs> a crossover. Uh, start demanding. Like, Handsome Dr. Stewart is coming. <laughs> handsome but, Dr. Stewart is actually his name in the show. I just won't play by your rules. I'll save lives, yeah. but I will not put on anything but this tuxedo. You're going you're gonna to get engaged with a, uh, in a temporary romance with Dr. Gray, Who's but Dr. then you'll Gray? die tragically. The, the, the titular Dr. Gray. Killed oh, by, doctor, the char- the character killed by Dr. Anatomy. I thought the character was Dr. Anatomy, yeah. <laughs> That's how I would do that show. Sure. Just like how General Hospital, if I ran, it would be about a military man <laughs> whose last name is Hospital. So, welcome to the Flophouse. This is your All Things Entertainment weekly coverage. <laughs> uh, now, for those of you listening, this episode will come out a couple weeks after the Entertainment Weekly article. Yeah, we did record one uh, that will come out, that, that came out already. So, But Spoiler for us, alert. this is something that just happened, so we're still a little giddy about it. Thank mm-hmm. you very much to Entertainment Weekly, and thank you very much to all of our fans over the years whose enthusiasm and excitement mm-hmm. and word of mouth and... Uh, basically nudging the AV Club to cover us more regularly yeah. in the comment section, I think, all contributed to this. Yeah, Couldn't those, have done it without you. All those fans who listen to us without a magazine telling them to. Yeah, without the well, without those fans, we'd just be three lonely guys sitting in a room. Talking into unconnected microphones <laughs> having in the darkness. Just, having just watched the worst movie Adam Sandler ever made. Well, yeah, which brings us to the subject of tonight's uh, episode, or today's. I don't know when you're listening to this. That's my boy. Oh, is it? <laughs> no. What's his what? name? <laughs> I don't have. I'm childless. That would, oh, I'm so sorry. No, that was a decision. So this is like I who's made. afraid of Virginia Woolf? No. Like an imaginary child you and your Dan's wife afraid. Baron. <laughs> no, Baron von Dan. As far as I know, that's not true. I just don't have a child. But uh, the movie we watched was "That's My Boy." The movie was your boy. <laughs> it was uh, Dan. The fame has gone to your head. This was an Adam Sandler vehicle. Adam Sandler joint. Yeah. Uh, but you actually, know, he didn't direct it. So it Happy Madison. He's bringing in some new blood. He's co-starring with young and Andrew Sandberg. It's two guys whose initials are AS, who both have very Jewish faces and are comedians, mm-hmm. and came off of Saturday Night Live. Plausible father and son duo. Well, the thing is, I, it's a great idea to pair the two of the two of them in a movie because they do look like they could be family members. The bad idea was in making it this movie that they were paired up in. So that if they ever do this collaboration again, people are going to think back and be like, oh, yeah, it's like, that's my boy, too, right? Yeah, it's a reunion of that movie we yeah, loved so that's much. My, well, in 10 years when the Oscars does the That's My Boy reunion with all the cast, like they did for Chicago. <laughs> <laughs> yep. And, still, still, and still here annoyed he is, by that. <laughs> Nick Schwartz. There's no reason to reunite the cast of Chicago. <laughs> We never see those guys. Come on. We, ne- we see them all the time. And also, nobody even remembers that movie, even though one best picture. Anyway, that's my boy. 
Had a yep. big, big all-star Ooh. cast. Yeah, you got uh, uh, Adam Sandler, Rex Ryan, uh, <laughs> Susan Sarandon in one scene, and her daughter in a couple scenes. Tony Orlando. Uh, Flophouse previously covered actress Leighton Meester. Leighton Meester, yeah. And, Popular hip-hop artist Vanilla Ice. Uh, and who Milo else? Milo Ventimiglia. Perfect. Not a name. <laughs> it's not a real name. You made it up. Vintimidaliturgia. <laughs> it's a disease of some kind <laughs> that affects the neural cells. Uh, he was he was uh, Rory's boyfriend on Gilmore Girls. Her For only all people boyfriend. out there who, like me, have the taste of a fourteen-year-old girl. Oh, that explains all the uh, the One Direction posters <laughs> yep. that the, are up in your apartment. And the Pervazoid uh, nickname. I don't so, know. That. So should we uh, say Tom Bridges girls are known for being pervazoid? So he, let's do the plot real quick because it's a stupid movie and the plot is terrible. Yeah. Although it takes two hours. This is a two. This is an hour and fifty-four minute movie. Podcast. This is a. <laughs> this movie, you you're first. You're like, oh, okay, like a stupid Adam Sandler comedy. What's this going to be? Eighty-nine minutes, sixty-two <laughs> minutes? No, one hundred and fourteen <laughs> minutes. Wow, that's did Judd Apatow direct this? You know what's going on? Oh, burn. Airplane co- airlines all over the place are angry that they can't show this movie on shorter flights. <laughs> they don't. I mean, it's a it's a hard R rated movie. I don't think. Yeah, they but you can it. watch those in the back of your seat these days. You should like, be able to though. You can't. I, what if like what, a little I'm kid delighted. is looking over your shoulder? I am delighted that they're no longer editing things for content in uh, in You're airplanes, corrupting children who are on yeah. flights. Or am I like a fairy godparent who's allowing a young child their first taste of boobs? <laughs> <laughs> okay. I mean, their second taste of you boobs, are the, technically. So you're, Speaking of giving you're the an fairy per, You're the pervy godparent. <laughs> <laughs> Your pervy godfather, yeah. Dan McCoy, has yeah. decided to gift like you, you with You're boobs. the guy who accidentally leaves a Playboy magazine <laughs> sure. in behind the seat. Accidentally on purpose. Yeah. yeah. I don't think that's an accident. They're, those people no, are like the Johnny not. Appleseed of porn. <laughs> yeah. yeah, Johnny Porn Seed. <laughs> they wore Ooh. some kind of pot on their head. <laughs> I, did Johnny? Have, I guess in a lot of pictures, Johnny Appleseed does seem to be wearing that's a pot on his head. Keep the rain off his head, idiot. <laughs> I mean, a hat does that. <laughs> idiot. Wow. <laughs> Wait, way to take down Johnny Appleseed. <laughs> no, you're the one who's the idiot. Your lack of Johnny so, Appleseed knowledge. <laughs> So what was that great so that like I don't I want to keep hearing Stuart Wellington's <laughs> roast of American folklore. <laughs> hey Paul Bunyan, what's with the name in your ox babe? Are you in love with her? <laughs> Anywho. Hey, go spill. What's Yeah, with what what are you gonna your... run around on that thing with the other thing? Oh Pecos Spill wrote a horse named Widowmaker. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Not a thing with another thing. All right. Okay. So the movie That's My Boy, we open in the year nineteen eighty question mark. It's mm-hmm. kind of like a, uh, it's kind of like old 19th century novels where they say, oh, well, this happened in the year 18 dash because they don't want to tell you the year for whatever reason. That's that's the last point that this is in any way literary. But, Being a uh, fan of the Adam Sandler canon, I'm assuming it happens concurrently with The Wedding Singer. I have to assume. I'm kind of surprised The Wedding Singer character didn't just walk through the back, background of one of the shots. But uh, so we, we're in a, a middle school, I guess. There's mm-hmm. three 13-year-old boys. Where one of them is young Adam Sandler, who looks to be maybe played by someone who's Puerto Rican. <laughs> he I'm looks not sure. very Latino yeah. <laughs> for the young Adam the Sandler. The listeners can check that. And he is he hits on his teacher, mm-hmm. who's played by <laughs> Susan Sarandon's daughter. What's her name? Eva Muri. Eva Muri. And uh, I'm Muri. Yeah, you're saying it. Really. Amiri Baraka. <laughs> Let's just say his teacher is played by Amiri Baraka. Okay. Uh, so the he hits on her, and she says, "That's going to give you detention." But then a detention, uh oh, turns out she's totally into him and they start mm. having sex all over the place. Yep. This uh, is a movie based on statutory rape. <laughs> a goofy Adam Sandler comedy, and the inciting incident is statutory rape between yeah, the teacher I mean, and, uh, and the, the kid. kid. And it's taken for granted that this is the most amazing thing in the world. The teacher goes to jail, but the kid becomes super famous. famous. His name is Donnie Berger, and. He just becomes a superstar. He's on magazine covers. He's hanging out with famous stars. Now, I want to object to this because there have been cases where uh, teachers have had sex with their students before. And the students become the students super famous. Are yeah. not super they're famous. They're all over they're, the place afterwards. Yeah, f- <laughs> Philip Seymour Hoffman. Yeah. What? Ashton Kutcher. <laughs> I didn't realize that that's how they got their start. Yeah. James Polk. <laughs> F. Murray Abraham. <laughs> but I was saying that this like this is like happening. Dracula. <laughs> This is happening in the same universe as Roadhouse, where there's Dag such a thing as a famous bouncer, and in this world, there's a famous uh, statutory rapee. There's a lot, yeah. There's this weird you were saying this weird genre of movie where people are have become superstars for something that no one has ever become famous for doing, uh, and that's one of them. It's kind of like 
if you can imagine a movie about like a famous hitman, which I assume exists somewhere, where it doesn't make any sense. There's no reason for that to happen. Yeah, I guess famous bouncer in roadhouses, yeah. but he's famous among people who go to roadhouses. <laughs> right. They're going to know who Dalton is. Which is most of the United States. And also, he's famous for being the heir to the B. Dalton bookseller fortune <laughs> oh, I didn't realize and just giving up guy. on that because of his love of bouncing. Yeah, he walked away. That's why the he B was stands so for well read. <laughs> B stands for bouncing Dalton. <laughs> Booksellers. He founded that, became a wealthy bookstore owner, and then he got out at the height of the market. If he was still in bookstores, B. Dalton's out of business. He walked yeah. away. But meanwhile, Dalton... It had forgotten what it was really about. The <laughs> Dalton bouncing. is having a great bouncing time. So, yeah, What should I do instead of this? Ah, I should look at my first name, Bouncing. <laughs> yeah, they named him after uh, his, his grandfather, Jedediah Bouncing. Okay. <laughs> the inventor of Bouncing. So Adam Sandler's character, Donnie Berger, now it's the modern time, and he is at the bottom of the barrel. Mm-hmm. He's an alcoholic, basically. He's a total slime ball. And he's going to go to jail for tax evasion. And he, he owes a lot of taxes, as told to him by his accountant, played by Jets Some coach Rex guy. Ryan. Yeah. And the joke here is that he's a big fan of the Patriots in this movie. Mm. Womp wah. I don't care. I don't like sports. Anyway, <laughs> moving on. So Adam yeah. Sandler decides he's going to do the only thing he can think of. To get this money. He's going to go back on TV, but TV only wants him if he can arrange a reunion with him, his estranged teacher lover, and his estranged son, who has changed his name in order to erase his burger heritage and uh, is now a financially successful, uptight, you know, kind of stick-in-the-mud type guy. He's your Egon Spengler, but not a scientist, <laughs> right. if you will. And without, without the great hair. <laughs> yeah, wait, no, it... I'm thinking of the cartoon. <laughs> He was blonde in the cartoon. But meanwhile, uh, Adam Sandler, his boy, the titular boy, <laughs> is about to get married to Leighton Meester. And he's played by Andy Samberg. Flophouse yeah. fave, Leighton Meester. Mm-hmm. Of the roommate fame. And you know that she is going to turn out to be a bad choice for him because I guess she has some sense of propriety. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I don't know. She doesn't, she's she's, not, like, she's not like a drunk stripper who barfs all over the place. Sure. Uh, and it's funny because the movie is setting up a very specific character arc. Adam Sandler's character is a slime ball. He re- his son has cut off all contact with him. He owes all this money to the government. It's clear he's going to have to win people's love back and get back in their good graces to earn his, his happiness. And to be fair, that that is a small portion of the movie, but that's like the last 10% maybe. Until you get to the last like seven minutes of the movie, <laughs> it is Adam Sandler walks into a room, does something terrible, and everybody loves it. Yeah. Like he's everybody's hero. He's the most popular guy in the world, and that would work – as a running joke if he wasn't, like, I guess the hero of the movie <laughs> or even, like, if the, it hadn't been set up as Adam Sandler has to win back his son's love, you know? If it was that a movie about a, about two – like, let's say it's a movie about two friends, one of whom is a good guy and the other is an asshole, and everybody loves the asshole and the good guy can't catch a break. Like, that's a comedy plot. Yeah. yeah. But yeah, instead, they have – they, like – Go overboard in making people love Adam Sandler, right. and then they have to go overboard in making Andy Samberg and his fiance uptight to justify this. So the yeah. movie's like lurching back and forth between. The movie becomes what about be how like a rock bottom slime ball walks into the society wedding and teaches all the squares how to loosen up. I sure. get, and if he was like Groucho Marx, Ro- then yes. Field in them. Yeah. I mean, what you're basically talking about is the plot of every Marx Brothers movie. In yeah, but those guys like. Groucho Marx doesn't start out as a slime ball. He's just kind he's of like a total a, slime ball. He wants no. to marry a woman for her money. He's a dictator in one right. of them. In a, he's a shyster lawyer. He's always cheating people. He's a char- he's more of a charming con man type. I feel like That's, he's a slime ball. <laughs> he's right. a rock bottom slime ball. He never has a lot of money. Give, Chico give Groucho is a rock- Marx an earring and a denim vest. And you got Adam Sandler yeah, in that. Song. Chico, no, or as no, you would call you're him, ruining it. Chico is a flat out thief, always conning people, stealing their money. That's how it's pronounced, Chico, because he Harpo, chased the chicks. If Harpo could talk, he'd be a total jerk. He's always running after girls, mm-hmm. tearing he's, their clothes off. He's a possible rapist. He's constantly <laughs> stealing silverware. <laughs> I mean, like, but the problem, I guess, is that those guys are really funny, and yeah. the people they're up against are so incredibly snooty. But Adam Sandler walks into like they have to keep upping the stakes of how shitty these rich people are. Yeah, the rich so that Adam Sandler doesn't come shitty. off as a monster. <laughs> Um, uh, but anyway, he comes in, and Andy Samberg does not want to admit that this is his father, so he says it's his best friend, Donnie. Uh, and Donnie makes up a story <laughs> that he saved Andy Samberg's life. And this is one of the few funny running gags: is he tells this the story thing that genuinely made me laugh. This is there are a couple. There are like 
what, like six jokes that genuinely made us laugh mm-hmm. in the movie. Usually about a foul mouth granny, right? No, they no. were not any of the foul mouth granny jokes. I'm surprised jokes. that foul mouth granny did not rap at any point. Because <laughs> they did that, the wedding singer with oh, a non foul yeah. mouth granny. And Sam's like, I burned that material. That material was gold, but I can't use it again. <laughs> and everyone saw it. The, he tells a story about how he Walked saved. Away. He saved. The, uh, Andy Samberg's character's name is Todd. He saved Todd's life by. Todd dropped a burrito on a train track and then went down to get it, and and Adam Sandler saved him when, from getting hit by the train. And everyone instantly believes this story and has questions for Todd, like, "Why would you do that? Wouldn't you just buy another burrito? <laughs> yeah, why you, wouldn't the burrito be dirty? Why didn't you just buy another?" And burrito? that was the like the one funny running gag was that like everyone instantly buys this story and has real questions for Todd about it. But otherwise, Donnie just does a lot of like he'll walk into a room and say "What's up," and everyone loves it, and. Or he, he's like, hey, let's all go play baseball. And they spend like 17 days playing baseball, just him shagging balls out to people in the outfield. Well, and he shows them how to have a real bachelor party, not the one that was planned where they'll go to a man's spa, but one where Which they go out. Which did look like and... a boring bachelor party. Yeah, sure. Yeah. But instead they go to like his favorite, you know, strip dive club. strip club. Uh, and they just like, it's, it's one of these movies where. And wrap up at about 10 p.m., I guess. <laughs> what's, I don't what's know. We should is, talk about that. What's amazing, let's, let's pause for that. Because they, they go to a spa. They're there for at least, let's say, 40 minutes. At least. Minimum. Then it he, seems like two hours, probably. It seems like a long time. And then Donnie goes, let me show you a real strip club. They, or let me show a real bachelor party. They go to the strip club. There's a long montage of them being there. They get there it's I dark think. outside. They're doing shot after shot of tequila. You know, people are getting up on the stage and dancing with the strippers. And it's not like you can just do that right away. You've got to earn the trust of the place over the course of at least an hour yeah, before yeah. they let you get on stage. They're drinking. They get so drunk that they're like Nick cheating Swartzen on their wives. Nick Swartzen is gallivanting around. Nick Swartzen is in this too playing. As Stuart pointed out, basically just a more retarded version of Bill Murray's character from Caddyshack. Yeah, with, yeah, with a and mullet. by the end, he's just dressed like Bill Murray's character from Caddyshack, <laughs> complete with army hel- helmet and everything. It's but, an homage. Uh, one of those characters, like, I, I kind of feel like maybe he's like Harvey in Harvey. <laughs> <laughs> like, only Adam Sandler can see Nick Swartzen. <laughs> Except that one of the other characters punches him. <laughs> yeah. There's in many a- ways, I wish I could not see Nick Swartzen. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so they go to the bachelor party. They're there for, let's say, minimum estimate, two hours. Yeah. Then they're like, hey, this party's not over yet. It really yet. feels like four, though. Yeah, it feels like four hours. Then they go, to, do they go bowling next? Is that they, it? They go to a skating rink. Oh, they go to a skating rink where children are skating. <laughs> and they're there for, let's say, 35 minutes. But at this point. And who would let their child ice skate around Vanilla Ice and Todd Bridges? <laughs> oh, yeah, Vanilla Ice came with them. That's true. And they're there. For, so, like, are they at, is this an all night 3 a.m. Yeah. ice skating rink? And then they go they candle pin bowling. Then they go candle pin bowling. Because did we mention it's Boston? <laughs> hey, they're in Boston. So Adam Sandler has a terrible Boston accent with his little Nicky voice rasp. <laughs> <laughs> and it's a terrible voice. And as, and it's bad enough that every other movie and television show is apparently set in Boston and we have to hear Boston accents it's all the wow. time. Not even. A controversial statement. The entire. <laughs> The entire uh, town of Boston is going to come get you. And as, as I'm led to believe, they are a pugnacious bunch. <laughs> they are pugnacious. <laughs> They're going to beat you And I'm you going up. there in a couple weeks, so I'll be in trouble. <laughs> but it's not even that. It's that, like, the same way that if every, like, cop thriller, buddy comedy, family drama was set in Oxford, Mississippi, I'd get tired of that accent. <laughs> if they were all set in, like, Oxford, Mississippi Juneau, Alaska. Oxford, like a very studious part of Mississippi. Yeah, if they were all set in Juneau, Alaska, I'd get tired of the Alaskan sure. accent. If they were all set in Beverly Hills, I'd get tired of that, etc. I'm just mm-hmm. tired of the Boston but what accent. if there were a Beverly Hills chihuahua? Now you're talking. <laughs> okay. Uh, but the point is that the they, point is, they go to these family places that, you know, like... In it's the middle of the night. <laughs> it's got to be 3 or 4 a.m. This is after their debauchery I mean, at the strip club. It's painting are... a grim picture of Boston nightlife. <laughs> well, what it's painting is... The, Children we... running wild, ice skating at 2 in the morning. The only other explanation is that in Boston, the sun has been extinguished. <laughs> There's some curse <laughs> put on the place. Mr. has come by with his sun-blocking machine. Just like that couple of episodes when Married with Children went to England, because <laughs> there was that village where the, they had been cursed to never see the sun. Boston has apparently been cursed by one of Ed O'Neill's ancestors to never have sunlight. So they go to a strip club at, let's great say, stuff. 11 a.m., and they go ice skating at, like, lunchtime. Yeah. I'm amazed I remember the storyline for when Married with Children went to, went to London. What a uh, dumb thing to remember. <laughs> so anyway, but that's the bachelor party, and they're, you know what? 
Adam Sandler and his son are really – by the way, this is like an hour and 30 minutes into the movie that we just went through. Yeah. There's very little plot. Adam Sandler has sex with an old lady. There's a lot of that kind of stuff. Uh, they make up – you know what? Their relationship is coming together, and Andy Sternberg says, you know what? I will go to jail and visit my mom because the mom, the teacher, is still in jail. And Adam Sandler suddenly realizes, oh, no. I can't use him like this. I arranged with the TV crew. He's going to hate me, and you know what? That's unfair to him. He's my son. So he says, don't go, don't go. And he goes, no, I will go. I will go. And he goes, and the TV crew ambushes so that, yeah, him. Yeah, that moment of character growth might be uh, ignored by the audience when they see Vanilla Ice urinating on himself <laughs> like a fountain and saying, "I'm a fountain." Yeah. <laughs> this is also this after is a thing that happened. This is also after two fat people in their underpants have chased Andy Samberg around the darkened streets of Boston because he <laughs> looking like they're having a lot of fun because he rode his bike into their car while they were having sex in it. <laughs> Which I want to hope is an homage to Tango and Cash and the scene where their car chase interrupts a couple having sex in the car. And then but a Russian guy comes out and is like, hey, I believe in perestroika. Yeah. And which has no connection to anything. Because it's the 80s. Yeah. Actually, it's I think that was 1990. Uh, so uh, there's been a lot of goofy jokes that we skipped over. Mm-hmm. Uh, we haven't mentioned any about. We haven't. Oh, and we should mention that uh, Adam Andy Sandberg's fiance is. Sponte has a brother who's a Marine and does a lot of, like, threatening Andy Samberg and wrestling him. And Adam Sandler introduces his superpower, which is that he can knock anyone out by hitting them in the, hitting them in the back of the head with a bottle. <laughs> so yeah. like he's, he's always got a beer on him. <laughs> the Marine is trying to beat up Andy Samberg, and he hits him with the bottle. Uh, for some reason, Andy Samberg gets in a fist fight with a priest played by James Caan, and Adam Sandler mm-hmm. hits him in the back of the head with a bottle. James Caan Sonny with an Corleone. amazing Irish accent. <laughs> it's, it's kind of, you're watching it and you just wonder why James Caan is in it, uh, but I think maybe he thought this, he didn't know who Adam Sandler was, he thought this was the next bottle rocket. Yeah. He gave a little bit of help to a young man named Wes Anderson and the Wilson brothers. <laughs> maybe he'll help out this Adam Sandler and this Andrew Sandberger. Or, as you said, in the, uh, in the, Total Recall episode when I was amazed that Bill Nye was in the movie. They probably got him to be in the movie by paying him money. <laughs> I think that was probably it. They said, James Conn, would you like money to buy things? And he said, I would like that. Tell me what I would have to do to do it. Will you shoot two scenes in Adam Sandler movie? He said, will this take less than 72 hours? Yes, it will, James Conn. Okay, then I will. <laughs> How much money are you paying me? What does it take? <laughs> On Martha's Vineyard? Sounds good. It's the same way that they got Tony Orlando in this movie. See, yeah. who needs an agent in this day and age? You sure. just do it yourself. You just call them up and you offer them the money. <laughs> hey, we're all freelance entrepreneurs Cut now. We're selling middle, our brand. That's the 21st century. You don't have a career. You're a brand. you got to push it. And James Conn is pushing the James Conn brand to get all these juicy Batlin Priest roles. When they do a remake of The Fighting 69th with Jimmy Cagney, James Conn will be ready for it. Yeah. Uh, so what, what, what are we up to? I don't even so remember. So they are, so he goes oh, to the prison. they're reconnecting. They yeah, go, but... he goes to the prison, the TV crew ambushes him, and he says, you used me! And Adam Sandler says, no, it wasn't like that, it wasn't like that. Andy Samberg and Adam Sandler get into an argument. It's that moment where the two characters who have become friends part ways until they reconnect. Yep. I real, this By was, the way, This uh, moment was most hit home for me when I saw the movie Shrek, and Shrek and the donkey had an argument and walked away from each other, and it was like... That was totally unnecessary. <laughs> it's just because the plot needs them to do that right now. Yeah. You're saying? Uh, no, I just want to backtrap a moment and no say that. No filler in Shrek. <laughs> <laughs> no, yes. the running around for no reason scene set to uh, reputa- my reputation. <laughs> totally not filler. Uh, I just wanted to point out that, as you may have guessed, the older Eva, Eva Murray was played by real-life Eva Amuri mother, Susan Sarandon. Yeah, Which means that's probably how she's going to age, right? I, it's how exactly. I look exactly like my dad looked at 31. Mm-hmm. Uh, I assume Dan looks like his dad at what? How 57? How old are you? <laughs> I am. <laughs> and uh, Stewart is eternally youthful, and they broke yeah. the mold when they created Stewart, so he looks like nobody except maybe Seth Rogen a little bit. I quaff human pineal <laughs> gland fluid like the uh, leech woman every day. <laughs> you bathe in the blood of virgins. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like like Lady Bathory. Mm-hmm. Uh, so... Do you, do you think that because she was named Lady Bathory, she thought to herself, I gotta have some sort of bath-related <laughs> shtick. I gotta figure this out. That was just probably like, it, yeah. Just like Bouncer Dalton. Did. I mean, she lived in a country where that spoke English, so oh, okay. she didn't, though. All right. Oh. <laughs> 
Uh, Maybe she did. And I, I mean, blood's, so, blood's pretty easy to come across, right? Sure. Like, water would be boring. Especially back then. Yeah. Well, what's, you always say, I want to get out of a bath feeling stickier than when I walked into it. <laughs> and then <laughs> and when, that's what a blood bath does for you. You then, get nice and sticky and, and crusty. Then you, just, uh, then you just sell that shit to Dracula. <laughs> Boom. Yeah, you're making money left and right. <laughs> I got clean and paid. Thanks, Easy Pawn. <laughs> And I got my bracelet back. Yeah. The joke for anyone who rides the subway in New York <laughs> sees the Easy Pawn ads. <laughs> so, what are we? Oh, so anyway, uh, where were we? <laughs> oh, they, they, uh, oh, they break up. They're estranged. They're estranged from each other again. So. I think that's when the soundtrack goes from Van Halen to the replacements. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's a lot of 80s hits. In the in the movie, the soundtrack's uh, a pretty good soundtrack. I'll say that they play 15 seconds worth of Whiplash by Metallica, so mm-hmm. that was okay with me. Uh, they play most of Lime, in the Limelight, right? Yep. Or is it just called Limelight? Limelight. Look, I'm not a Rush fan. Okay. And uh, <laughs> hey, wait, is Hot for Teacher in this movie? I don't think it is, which is weird. <laughs> Strange. <laughs> Since the movie anyway. was based on that song. Uh, but anyway, oh, I was going to say that Susan Sarandon now kind of has the lock on playing. The older versions of teachers who had sex with their students, and she did it in Thirty Rock too. Oh yeah, where she was Judah Friedlander's former teacher who got out of jail and reconnected That's with right. him because they had sex when he was a student. So I guess this is how she wants her career to go. I think it's just like Hollywood needs to find another sexy older lady. A Helen Mirren, I guess. Yeah, but I mean Susan Sarandon has like aged a, extremely like well. A She's milf. a beautiful woman. I mean, there's websites devoted to just <laughs> that sure. thing. I mean, there are hardworking milf hunters tracking these <laughs> milfs down. <laughs> Tagging them and releasing them into the wild so we can track their migration patterns. Yeah, they tag them, toss them in their bang bus. <laughs> the problem really it's is terrible. the problem is unlicensed milf hunters who hunt looking for bush meat to feed their tribes. Yeah. and milf le- milf numbers are at drastic. They low. claim that it's that they need to thin the milf for the good of the herd, but that is wrong. Yeah, and the HWCS, the Hot Wife Conservation Society, <laughs> asks for your donations. Uh, also so that a website. They can. They need guards. They need fences. These refuges for milfs are being devastated. Uh, Basically, malls and and malls I got and and cash crop farming and beef grazing has caused them to cut down the rainforests, <laughs> well, yeah, which well, are the milfs' natural habitat. Mm-hmm. And the destruction of the wetlands. Ugh, milfs. Many milfs have successfully adapted to living in the suburbs, <laughs> but not enough. Uh, but the point Please, is, won't you <laughs> be aware of the problem? The point is that uh, Sarah McLaughlin song. <laughs> in Adam the Sandler, arms of a mother. <laughs> Adam Sandler needs to figure out a way to regain his son's we're still trust. About this movie, yeah. Well, we'll finish up. And so he comes in. He, what he does is he overhears his son's fiance talking to someone on the phone. He thinks she's cheating on him. He confronts her at the rehearsal dinner. She says it was something else entirely. Now he looks like even more of a jerk. Mm-hmm. He decides he's going to make it up to her and and win I... her over by bringing her ice cream. <laughs> so he just brings two ice cream cones, <laughs> vanilla too, they're just ice cream, <laughs> to her hotel. That... The ice cream doesn't melt at all. So Stuart, I think it was, who pointed out that they're probably just mashed potatoes. <laughs> How long must he have been walking with that ice cream? Like I don't from know. the ice cream place to the hotel, then up to the room. He goes up to the room and he overhears her through the door having sex with somebody. What? It can't be his son because his son is over at home. He sneaks in by walking across a ledge and finds out, and this is where the movie really, I feel like, wins over the audience. Mm-hmm. If you were on the fence about That's My Boy, yeah. you thought it was maybe a little too crass, then the scene where Adam Sandler walks this in This is the on, point where you've gotten up out of your chair, walked about ten steps toward the exit, <laughs> and, and then you turn out, you look, look over your shoulder. And you say, all right, That's My Boy, you got one less chance. Turns out Andy Samberg's fiance is having an affair with her brother. Yeah. That's right. Gross. She is routinely having sex with her brother. This is when you go, you not you shake your head and go, not this time. That's my boy, and you walk out the door. <laughs> oh, I thought <laughs> slam it shut behind you. I thought that was when you said, "God damn, that's my boy, you magnificent bastard. You've done it again." I don't know. <laughs> Bravo. And you slow, slow clap. You yep. slow clap the incest third act reveal. <laughs> yep. I don't think so. He might not like it, but he respects where the movie went. Yeah. yeah. Uh, <laughs> I may not like you, but I respect you. No, wait. I don't respect you. I don't like you, and I don't respect you. So uh, Adam Sandler comes back to the wedding. Uh, he tries to get there for some – oh, she gives him a $50,000 check to stay quiet. But then he says, no, I can't do it. Even though this is going to keep me out of jail, it's the money I need to pay my back taxes that I owe. Mm-hmm. I'm going to be good by my son. He goes to the wedding with vanilla ice in tow. Uh, their car hits – like sand or something? I don't know. They yeah. get stuck in the desert. They have to get out and run the last mile. The <laughs> they get thrown on a beach. They get to the wedding, and 
they reveal all and they save the day and Andy Samberg. And everyone shames Leighton Meester. Everyone, you like, you start to kind of feel bad for them. Yeah, I mean, she because, is having sex with her brother, but like everyone turns on them so quickly. And this is a movie that has championed statutory rape, so consensual incest is a weird thing to toe the, hold the line at. <laughs> like, wait a minute. It's okay for a grown-up to have sex with a child. It is not okay for two adults to have sex with each other if they're related. I mean, it's probably I don't a think, deep I don't psychological think, just problem. Just to be clear, I don't think either of those things is okay. No, you're endorsing both. Them, I'm not right? endorsing either of them, but it seems weird for the movie to come down on the side of the one that could cause emotional trauma <laughs> and damage, whereas mm-hmm. the other one is probably the cause of emotional two problems. Lives. <laughs> yeah, I mean, like Adam Sandler's not never gotten over it, and Andy Samberg had a horrible childhood because of it. It's also implied that Andy Samberg and Adam Sandler are both math geniuses. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you know, thing that you'd think this would in some way help them solve the problem of being of owing money or no. whatever. But no, it's just a thing that they have, that they're math geniuses and can calculate it's any number in their heads. Part of why uh, the teacher was attracted to him. Was, was his, his ability at math. Innately yeah. sensed that in him. Well, yeah. she's like the Professor X of statutory rape. <laughs> sure. She saw the special gift hidden inside this child. Mm-hmm. And I'm, I'm, she said, I'm going to fuck that out of him. <laughs> I guess so. Instead of taking her... She's also a- bald. <laughs> yeah. And she was in a floating gold wheelchair. <laughs> a hover chair. Uh, but, she was friend, also friends with Magneto before a falling out. Yep. But uh, so, uh, you know, everything has been fixed between them now. Their relationship is great. Adam Sandler's going to find new love with a bartender at the strip club. Oh, that, you mean Andy Sandberg is? Oh, yeah. Andy Sandberg's going to find new love with a bartender at the strip club. Adam, and he, Adam Sandler says, you know what? I will go to jail. I'll be out in three years. Yeah. That's when Susan Sarandon's going to get out of jail and we can reconnect. And there's something about that moment. That I was like, well, at least they're treating it like a real, like they're going to try to build a relationship. I don't know. But then, uh-oh, we forgot to mention that in the first three, no, the, the set, first ten of, minutes of the movie. One of the other few good jokes in the movie. Adam Sandler has decided to bet some money, bet $100. No, dollars $20, $20. $20 on a fat guy to win the Boston Marathon <laughs> at 8,001 odds. In the last two minutes of the that, movie. That might solve his $50,000 problem. With a lot to left over to spare. And, and the last... Five minutes of the movie on television, they realize the fat guy is winning the marathon, yeah. and they watch him struggle to the finish line and beat all the Ethiopian For good five runners. Yeah. There's this, this fat guy comes back in a fat ex machina <laughs> to solve all of the problems. Yeah, and they win, and now he's got the money to stay out of jail. Mm-hmm. And it consequences is, averted. And it hints at a much better movie about Adam Sandler coaching a fat guy <laughs> to get him to win the Boston Marathon, but that didn't happen. You there's, know, I love movies where the entirety movie... <laughs> okay, you're right. I like it when a movie uh, seems like the entire movie is just built around one final joke. Lost Boys, Cabin Fever, etc. Mm-hmm. Ministry movie, of Fear. But, the, but in this case, it feels like they had the joke and then they're like... Let's milk it for another five, ten minutes. Yeah, they here. really it could like Dan mentioned, they should have just had someone walk in with a big check and be like, Hey, that fat guy won. <laughs> we did it. Because then like it becomes a joke about how throwaway that was. Like we've just like we have just <laughs> fucked you, movie watcher, by revealing how arbitrary anything that happens in this movie is. And then that's funny. But instead, they turn it into a like is he going to make it? Is he going to finish the race? About a character who's been... We've literally only seen a still photo of one time earlier in the movie. <laughs> yeah. We have no emotional feeling for this guy. and I expected Chariots of Fire to start playing. Mm-hmm. I'm surpri- I am bet they spent all so much money on the other music rights for this movie that they couldn't afford that. They couldn't, they couldn't according, toss the money to According Vangelis. to Wikipedia, the, the budget of this movie was $70 million, which is amazing. <laughs> Like, well, wasn't there a thing online about people theorizing that Adam Sandler movies are some sort of like money laundering operation? Or like I've heard that about shelter? the room, maybe tax shelter. I mean, Adam Sandler's movies for the most part seem to be based around where he can vacation during the shooting of the movie, like Hawaii and just go with it, a cruise ship in Jack and Jill, just wherever they went in Grown Ups. You well, know, but that was like Jack and Jill was like but nobody a, goes like on an, vacation. Also, like a seventy million dollar proposition, but that movie had so much product placement in it, like the whole thing turned on a, a Dunkin' Donuts advertisement. Well, but also that's a movie that you have to do, at least there's special effects in that movie for scenes yeah, that... Yeah, fat suit. That's no, no, but Adam Sandler has playing scenes with himself. the effect wasn't that you know. special? Yeah, I've seen special. <laughs> the effects were far from special. And the photography was far from cinema. <laughs> Gene Shalit? <laughs> the writing was far from screen. What? And the ography was far from Corey. <laughs> 
I'm Gene Shalit from Beyond the Grave. Is he still alive? I don't know. Well, wherever you are, I hope you're doing great, Gene. Uh, but it's a mo- this is one of those movies that is like you could almost be okay with it if it was like just a vulgar throwaway comedy. Like it's not there are a couple funny jokes in it over a two hour running time. Uh, but it's mostly super unfunny and super gross. But like then there are those moments where you're supposed to feel for the characters, and it's like no movie you you haven't you haven't yeah. earned that. No movie. Th- this isn't the type of movie you are. You forgot which movie you are. <laughs> like ma- like <laughs> like maybe like the producers can do that, but the producers is a far better movie. Be like kind of a vulgar comedy where you feel for the characters a little bit. But, but the producers this is not never gets as like mawkish as this. I mean, the fact that there's it doesn't like get a as mawkish or as vulgar for that matter. Yeah. It just, uh, like... Does the producers feature a character who can whip out a bottle of beer from any part of his body at any point? No, but one of the heroes... And then has sex with a granny. But one of the heroes is a slimeball who has sex with grannies. Okay, mm-hmm. see? Zero Mostel. Yeah. So basically what I'm saying is... The late, great Zero Mostel. The producers meets the Marx Brothers is... <laughs> no, that's no, my boy. No. <laughs> you ruined everything That's that my I boy is like Groucho plus Mel Brooks... <laughs> Oh, my Gr- heart is hurting. Adam Sandler is the if Groucho Marx and Zero Mostel had a child, oh, God. he'd be Adam Sandler. <laughs> he'd says be Dan, their boy. Says Dan McCoy of Dan McCoy's movie I never review. Said <laughs> These are all things you say. Also, the phrase "That's my boy" is in the movie a couple times, like, which times. is just stupid. <laughs> the only way that I wish they put a counter up in the corner of the screen <laughs> every time the phrase "That's my boy" was said. That would be amazing. It's a, what I guess what I'm saying is I wish this movie was either sillier and dumber or was an actual movie about a, a father and a son trying to connect. And longer, right? You said you'd like it to be longer? I thought at t- an hour and 54 minutes they'd only scraped the surface <laughs> of what was hidden here. If, I wish this was like – The you know, clock or like – Or Berlin Alexander Platz. You know, <laughs> sure. give me give – me, I want to spend a full day without sleeping watching this. Uh, well, that brings us, I think, into our uh, next segment, which is final judgments on this movie. Final judgments. <laughs> Judgmentos finale. Now, the old final judgments theme. We Rated heard R. Is playing at <laughs> right Here. now. Dan's house. In your ears. So is this a Show good times bad? <laughs> now. <laughs> Where we answer the question, is this a good bad movie, a bad bad movie, or a movie we kind of liked? Stuart, what do you have to say about that? This was a movie I thought was a bad, bad movie. Mm-hmm. I tricked you there. Nope. <laughs> I don't think anyone was uh, No, it's too long. Uh, it, it isn't, it's not even funny enough. And it's a movie where the model relationship in the movie is between a teacher and her student. Like the model romantic relationship. And, but if mm-hmm. the movie had had, like, like there could be a really good movie about that. Yeah. There may be, and I'm just not thinking about it at the moment, but this is not it. You know, there, it, it, it needs it, to be more courageous and really like pushing the offensive. Well, there, there were stuff. a lot of scenes in this movie where like if John Waters had done them, yeah. they may have he may have pulled them off because like he would have gone super far and he would have not been I don't know, he would have been like shocking you but never being like <laughs> get it. Get it? Yeah. Get it? Eh. Like Shocking, if you're, if right? If you're going to go far with a movie, you have to go all the way. And to have and to have that weird moral turn where it's like, rape, yes, incest, no, Adam <laughs> Sandler says. That's where the line gets drawn. Like, unless the joke is that how hypocritical this, this slime ball is, but it's not. And it's, it's just another twist on, like, the, the stuck-up girlfriend or stuck-up wife character. Like, yeah. Like, having something wrong with if her. You having don't, something, yeah. like, secret that's like, oh, you're gross. Well, because, yeah. like, in a lot of these movies, it's like, if the girl doesn't like her, her husband being a bro, that's her problem, which is horrible. But this one, it's not even being a bro. Being, it's being a bro a, is horrible? Basically. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> but in this one, it's not even that she, like, the behavior that is acceptable for the movie is so outlandish that she has to be equally outlandishly uptight and have this crazy skeleton in it. Yeah, I haven't noticed that necessarily, but you're right. There is like this weird like streak of misogyny in these type of movies where like the uptight girl who like seems like she's actually just rational like they have to be like, no, she's evil. Yeah, there needs mm-hmm. to be something. It's and we're gonna make her lick still wet jism off of her wedding dress. <laughs> oh, I forgot yeah, about that. that part. Happens in this well, movie. okay. When there's that, she has a twelve thousand dollar wedding dress, and Andy Samberg Looks after great. a night of debauchery, it doesn't look like it's worth twelve thousand. He vomits and ejaculates on it off camera, thankfully. <laughs> and the next morning, she goes, "Oh, you threw up on my dress, and there's something else sticky on it. Still Ooh, it sticky. Smells it." And then touches it, smells it, licks it. Oh, it's jizz! It's like one. How did why? How did she not realize till that moment what it was? But also, why do you have to make 
She the, thought he why had do you have been to make, making a sandwich the, with mayonnaise or something. Why do you make, and then he vomited. Why it do makes you make a lot of sense. The female lead of your movie lick the jizz off a vomit encrusted dress. Like again, <laughs> maybe John Waters could have done it because in his movie she would have enjoyed it. But in this, it's a it's a demeaning thing. And these movies are totally like I mean, the undercurrent of all of them is demeaning women. There's a minor undercurrent in this about demeaning ethnic, other ethnic groups. There's like the goofy Asian butler and, yeah. who hates his white uh, bosses and the goofy black African priest who Tony shows Orlando's up at the end. white? <laughs> yes. Right. His last name's Orlando. Uh, but the, and, and at the end, they make a big thing out of the fat guy beating Ethiopian runners in a race. And I know Ethiopians win a lot of races. But, uh, they're like, but they're going like, yeah, you beat those Ethiopians. Like it's this weird... Undercurrent mm-hmm. of racism. Stick, no, what they're saying. <laughs> but it, it's like not just a gross vulgar comedy. It's a gross vulgar comedy that hates women unless they are strippers who love to get drunk and hates anyone who's not white, basically, unless you're a stripper who loves to get drunk. Uh, so that's a a good good movie. From that. <laughs> well, I'm saying walk. I'm saying run, don't walk to your television. Yeah, and I'll, and I'll I'm saying it was a very bad movie. I'll say it's a bad bad movie that like every 18 minutes showed me a flash of a movie I would embarrassingly kind of like, but there were not enough of those flashes to to there make were, it. There were a lot of funny people apparently did script rewrites on mm-hmm. this uncredited, and you can tell because there's like a joke here or there that's totally unrelated to the rest of the movie that's funny. Like, maybe once every 18 minutes, yeah. But the rest, the underpinnings of the movie is bad, and it's like... And I have to say, like... It's not funny. I, you know... What are you gonna do? Hey, maybe I don't like comedy, but I didn't find this one funny. Well, that's the other thing, Except that it was like the producers meets the Marx Brothers. I got... (laughs) (laughs) I gotta say that as someone, like, who is involved in the comedy world, like, it always brings me no joy to, like, make fun of, like... A comedy, no, because you want to laugh. Yeah, and watching a bad comedy is a less pleasant experience than watching a bad drama. Like we always want to see funny things. Yeah, and I'm a credited comedian here, guys. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, and I think I agree with you. Finish saying what you're saying before I quote equally funny quote quote comedian quote Stuart Wellington. (laughs) No, I just want to say that like some reviews together. Most of the people involved in this movie have done. Like funny things in the past, and I hope that yeah. they do funny things in the future. But mm-hmm. it just didn't work for me. I mean, I was as I I thought Adam Sandler was as funny as anybody when I was like thirteen years old, and I and but I think even the thirteen year old me watching this movie would not have enjoyed it. You know, um, all funny people make missteps. Dan, speaking of entertainment, it's we, just I, unfortunate they caught this on camera and then sold it as a movie. <laughs> I <laughs> caught it on camera. See, like this was something they just did for fun and their spare yeah, time. Yeah, it's found footage, right? Before, yeah, exactly, yeah. Before we get on oh, to so that. I'm going to say bad, bad movie, okay. officially. Before we get on to the next segment, I do want to briefly say something about... Uh, you inter- mean before we get on The Entertainment the Weekly blurb. Uh, I realized oh, that so it said that uh, this podcast comes out weekly in Entertainment Weekly. They must have gotten us confused with their own entertainment periodical, which is, is weekly in the title. <laughs> for new listeners, this is actually a bi-monthly podcast, and I have to say that that was my own fault, that they uh, sent something to me for fact-checking. But in most of the cases, they broke it down like one fact per question. And then in one of the questions, it was like, is it fair to say that every week three comedians break apart a bad uh. movie? And I focused on the description of the uh, the podcast rather than the every week part. Uh, so that was on me. But this is actually a bi-monthly podcast. It, we do it roughly once every two weeks. Actually, we've been... We've been keeping a schedule really nicely for the for the. There were years when we would do it very infrequently, uh, compared to now. But we have kept to a good schedule. Mm-hmm. We've we've slowly become more professional over. And frankly, time. with all those podcasts out there to listen to, isn't it a relief to have one that doesn't come out? Take a little break once a week or multiple times a week. Make it a treat when it comes out. <laughs> yeah, you know what? Let's make them wait for it. Make them beg for it. Mm-hmm. Crack same... open that microwave. Throw in some gogurt. <laughs> you don't. Why would you put sandwiches? <laughs> no. So the plan is to have the gogurt explode onto the suicide sandwich. <laughs> um, Stuart Wellington's classic explosion. suicide sandwich with gogurt explosion side <laughs> sidecar. Before we also get on to the uh, the letter segment, you mean get on to the letter segment? I also wanted to throw in a, a quick plug to our friends over at the Bonnie and Maud podcast. Yeah, one half of whom is Ksenia Yarosh, who uh, is part of I Love Bad Movies <laughs> that sponsors our. Live movie, uh, bad movie night shows. Next one, June 8th. Uh, yeah. So if you want to listen to a serious podcast but there's about also, movies. They, it is also funny at times, but it is a serious discussion right. of movies. Not always bad. Mm-hmm. Uh, then Bonnie and Maude is a very good one. Yeah. With a slight uh, slight women's bent, I would yes. say. 
Yes. And there are not a lot of podcasts about film that uh, feature female hosts. I mean, there may be. I don't know. Just no, a bunch aren't. of loud oh, jerks okay. yakking about boobs. Yes, that's us. <laughs> High five. <laughs> so, uh, and our friends over at All Things Comedy, and let's, and home yeah, of comedy and podcasts. We're also part of the All Things Comedy Network. If you're just picking up this podcast off the Entertainment Weekly recommendation, take a spin over to allthingscomedy.com and take a look at the other podcasts. A lot of great ones that you'll enjoy. So, uh, but you'll enjoy ours the most. <laughs> <laughs> it's time uh, to answer some of your letters in the Flophouse Movie Mailbag. Uh, Special song oh for God. the Flophouse Movie Mailbag. Post Entertainment <laughs> Weekly Blurb Song. If you're just coming to the show this new, the if you're a new listener, listen up now because I do songs before the letters. Uh, sometimes they're long, sometimes they're you, better. <laughs> but they're not. songs for the letters, letters for the Flophouse from you. Maybe if you sent one after you read about Entertainment Weekly's right, thing about let's us. Not. Thank you, Entertainment Weekly, for seeing the entire out listener bump that we got from being featured in a national magazine has now been erased. What about the big song? finish for my song? No, I was going to scat for okay. five minutes. Uh, uh, your song was black. <laughs> letter time. So this letter is titled "Future Mr. Skin Competitor Sites" <laughs> from Matthew, last name withheld. Let's go. He says. <laughs> Matthew Lesko, it's gotta be. Hello, Flopperinos. I know that Dan has a very entrenched relationship with the fine folks over at Mr. Skin. Not true. but have... Please, Mr. Skin lives in Florida. <laughs> Call me Raj Skin. <laughs> but have any of the floppers ever thought about adapting the basic service of Mr. Skin to other aspects of film? For mm. instance... Like violence? For instance, my friend would like a website <laughs> that would show every instance in a school-oriented movie where the bully's lackey pushes the bully away to embrace the hero. I would probably oh, even better would be when the bully at the end pushes the lackey away when he's trying to comfort him. That's yeah. a solid move. They know they do it in Better Off Dead. Yeah, and uh, is it is it does that happen in Karate Kid or am I not in Karate Kid? Yep. Yes. Well, the thing is in the Karate Kid, the bad he pushes a, he doesn't push him away, but he leaves the Cobra Kai member. And the one of the things I love about Karate Kid actually is that. His main opponent... Like, turns on a dime and is like, When When Ralph Macchio beats him, he goes, Hey, you're a good guy! And he actually takes the trophy out of the hand of the ref and hands it to Ralph Macchio. Mm-hmm. And it's such a great moment of like, You know what? You're a good karate guy. I like you. Like, it's... You can imagine a real friendship forming between them. Uh, and he like, has to go to, what, Okinawa? And leave that friendship behind. Yeah, and they die on the beaches. Yeah. They were just soaking up bullets so our brave boys could, wow. could, reta- could end that war. I think you're misremembering Karate Kid Part 2. Uh, Karate Kid Part 2 is a flashback to, to the Battle of Okinawa, right? But he goes on to say, I would probably be one of the first subscribers to a website that could tell me the exact moment in every movie where a stuntman covered in fire walks like a zombie out of an explosion. <laughs> that would be pretty great. I think I remember Stuart mentioning that his favorite part of the movie is when a character makes a basket and then gives himself a fist pump while saying, yes. I'm sure the other hosts have ideas just as good. It doesn't have to just be a basket. I claim only a quarter of all future profits derived from the sites you guys come up with. Flop, Searly, Matthew, last name. (laughs) Yeah, I think that's a good idea. We could do like when somebody pumps his fist and says, yes. When uh, Movies where someone looks at a check and goes, huh? (laughs) Or like fancy food arrives and it's a really small portion. Mm-hmm. Sure. Uh, times when uh, the girl from Ipanema is playing in an elevator. Or when someone's walking in a bathing suit past a pool. Or mm-hmm. any time uh, a famous actress gets naked in a movie. No, that's that's the original. <laughs> yeah, or like, and we could, we could classify it by what kind of nudity you see. No, I think that you guys have forgotten. I think this is the, a good We could call it really want. Mr. Nude. <laughs> <laughs> okay. When I said that's, when, no, I, said, when I said violence earlier, is I could that's see start. I could see a site called like Mr. Bullets or something where it's mm-hmm. like in action movies when the when the when the action scenes take place, so you don't have to sit through all of like you know Double Team <laughs> or something like that. For people who like action without any sort of emotional context whatsoever. <laughs> yeah, although I guess then you can just watch the Ray of Redemption, <laughs> which gives you First minimal off, emotional you're crazy. context. <laughs> Minimal emotional content. They're brothers, dude. They are. (laughs) Spoiler alert. That doesn't really have much bearing on the constant (laughs) kickfighting. You you, you can see it in their fighting styles, Elliot. (laughs) I actually, uh, I would like a service for that, for um, movies that are not musicals, but have a musical number in it, Mm -hmm. so that I can skip that part. (laughs) I would like one that uh, told me whenever someone saw something hot, and uh, the soundtrack starts going, Oh, and they yeah. put their and they push their sunglasses down like yeah, this to get a better look. Good. That's good. 
Oh, you know what? A changing room montage would be a nice thing. Just movies that that, that tells you where the movie has a changing room montage where someone walks out in an outfit and someone else shakes their head no. Yeah. And they go back in, they walk out in a different outfit, and they nod their head yes. This and, would be harder, but any time there's a movie where there's a uh, a racist character who is later reformed uh, and, like, decides that he respects the object of his racism. Or any time like a real estate developer gets pushed into a pool <laughs> at the end good. of a movie. Or a bully, it could be. Uh, but so, every time they use the word and in a movie, <laughs> just give me the time code. Every movie. So our fans get on we'll those. We'll call it Mr. Conjunction. <laughs> Anyone good at web design? Just uh, throw those up on the internet. And, yep, and uh, we'll do them. Not. We have jobs. No, I'm, tell- I'm telling the fans to do it. <laughs> oh, the fans can do it, sure. The fans are great. we got a lot of great fans. That reminds me, for new listeners, you might want to catch up, research your Flophouse on the Flophouse Wiki, uh, which will probably baffle you more than enlighten you. And there's also the Flophouse Recommend site. That tells you what movies we've recommended in the past, both set up by fans, uh, and they've done a great job with them. So this letter is titled, Dan's the Funniest One, Jerks. So did you write this? And it's from Moses. It's from by Dan hell. something, last name with hell. It's from Mr. Mixelpitalik, care of Backwards World. <laughs> he says, I've been a regular listener for a few months now and enjoyed the show immensely. However, I take issue with the characterization of Dan as the boring one or the Leonardo of the group. The mournful sighing and exasperation aimed at the podcast chaotic breakdowns is comedy gold. It makes the show really. He's a modern day Bob Newhart, as seen in the Bob Newhart show, or Bob Newhart and Newhart, or Bob Newhart and Elf. It's genius. <laughs> Go ahead and listen to older episodes. The laughs are provided by McCoy, as if he were a laugh fairy sprinkling joy on us all. Now that I've all but guaranteed this letter gets read on the podcast, <laughs> yep, I was you know wondering, your audience. <laughs> I was wondering which 2013 films you anticipate watching for the show. Personally, I fully expect Hansel and Gretel Witch Hunters to appear sometime this year. Probably. Along with G.I. Joe Retaliation, perhaps. Maybe. So, uh, oh, P.S. This letter was written under the assumption that Dan's character is an intentional portrayal of the typical vanilla leader with a personality so devoid of emotion and humor that it makes a a carton of milk look hilarious by comparison. (laughs) If this is not the case, I'm so sorry. So I don't like the end of that letter. I like the end of it. It's like a twist, like an M. Night Shyamalan letter. Mm Mm-hmm. Uh, he was what? a monster the whole time. <laughs> a <not>. boring monster. <laughs> oh, Dan. I mean, it's hard to know uh, ahead of time what the like. Well, the there's bad that, movies. that Nicholas Sparks movie that people mm-hmm. on the Flophouse Facebook page were mentioning. Yeah, that's a that, that's a definite. Uh, uh, I'm trying to think what like really stupid looking movies are coming out, uh, but I'm I'm drawing a blank at the moment. Stuart, do you think of any? Oh, there was one though. I, I can't remember. I'm I, terrible at this. For a while, I felt like the call might be one of those, but then I hear it's not so bad. Um, I know that there are movies that we are in consideration now to watch in the future that that weren't future movies uh, coming out. Like yeah. for instance, uh, hold on to your hats because uh, I believe a, a certain gentleman that whose name starts with Nicholas and ends with Cage might be returning. Uh, and we might watch Nicolas Cage in Stolen. Oh, yeah. You mean Nicolas Cage, <laughs> as it says in the trailer. Yeah, if you haven't seen the trailer for, for, Stolen, for Stolen, which is like Taken, but with Nicolas Cage and much less of a budget, and also he's a bank robber. Yeah, the... Uh, the Just like in Taken, where Liam Neeson plays that famous bank robber. <laughs> yeah, he plays uh, Clyde Barrow. Because all the money is taken by him. <laughs> and, the affi- <laughs> and, the, and the poster was like a Jack Davis drawing of, of a caricature of Liam Neeson with a big sack of money, and the money's flying out as he runs, and all the other characters in the movie are running behind him, shaking their fists. But the official they try to stop him, but the money's already taken. <laughs> the official trailer for this movie, an actual You'll movie starring <laughs> starring big Hollywood star Nicolas Cage, ends and with our the, favorite and our favorite ever, yeah, our favorite it, actor ever in history, ends with the voiceover guy uh, trumpeting the fact that this movie stars. Nicholas Cage, <laughs> and it's we. I think we've talked about this before, maybe, but it's like someone walked in the room while he was doing it, and they were like, "Great, one take, done. We're out." I think I could do a better. We read only on booked that. this VO booth for forty-five seconds. <laughs> I think I said Nicholas. We're K. on golden time, people. <laughs> All right. So, are there any other letters, Dan? Uh, uh, what about movie forty-three? We have to watch that, right? Oh God, God. in heaven, God's in Himmel. <laughs> Ugh. Um, Don't even suggest. <laughs> Oh, you ruined my whole day. (laughs) I finally had That's My Boy Behind Me. Never get to watch it again. Suddenly Movie 43 rears its hideous head. Um, This, uh, yeah, we we should move ahead. Dan just said (laughs) wee-wee. We should move ahead because 
We're running we a little long. Do you have any short letters that don't involve Krang's boobs? <laughs> Unlike last episode, <laughs> I'm, try- I'm trying to find a short letter, uh, but I don't. I don't have one because <laughs> that was horrifying. At the ready, uh, I'll read this one instead. Though uh, this is uh, titled "Love Letter," it's from Matt. Last name withheld. Let's go. He says, <laughs> "Gentlemen." The recent letter from your grandma-hating fan who received not one, oh, that was a while ago, but two copies of the Love Guru got me thinking. <laughs> what if grandma? <laughs> what if grandma thought she was getting a Love Guru sequel the second time around, and what would that entail? Would lesser character John Oliver, aka Dick Pants, take over Mike Myers' role in the sequel? He would certainly return. Steve Carell and Evan Almighty. Having not actually seen the Love Guru, there are only so many plot questions I can ask. So more importantly, <laughs> what would they call it? They'd have to call it the Love Turu, right? <laughs> there really isn't yeah. much more stupid name for a sequel to such a stupid movie. But why stop there? Why limit ourselves to one delightful superstar, uh, British superstar mashup up when we could have Love Actually <laughs> and to love it Love Actual Three? <laughs> Throw Is that in the third movie, or the <laughs> yeah. second one, Actual Three. <laughs> no, that's the. <laughs> It's the third. Uh, it's the like, second and third were shot back to back. It's like Back to the Futures. <laughs> okay. Oh, it says to be continued. At the, yeah. Throw so, it. so this. So they're slowly over sequels. The Love Actually name is just being replaced by numbers. <laughs> yeah. Throw in the direct DVD follow up, and you've got a Love Quadrilogy. And of course, then five Actual three. <laughs> See also and number six. They bring it back to its roots, and it's just Love Actual. <laughs> uh, <laughs> no comma. See also New York. I love two, and the tood for love. And after twenty <laughs> and after twenty nine sequential Ginny McCarthy films, we could finally have Thirty Love. Wait, which would not, which would not dirty be Dirty Love? Oh, Dirty you Love. You know the movie with the period in the grocery store? I don't yeah. remember that scene. I didn't. We could have it. Thirty Love, which would not be a tennis movie for some reason. Michael, sure, it would be. Michael, and then ten years later, we'd have Forty Love. Be like the Michael Apted Up movies. Michael Haneke is an Oscar frontrunner for his film Amour, but does it leave Amour. audiences wanting Amour <laughs> or even a four? Obviously, there'd be a third in there somewhere, so we'd just call it a more three season of the witch. <laughs> so I yeah, guess of course, my, <laughs> of course, we would. My real question is, what sequels would you love to see, Matt? Uh, oh, this is from Matt Carmen, editor of I Love Bad oh, Two V's. I, I detected Matt Carmen's Two V's. Ah, uh, oh, Matt Carmen, I detected your foul stink when I stepped aboard the space station. Yeah. So, uh, yeah. He doesn't smell bad. The He's other nice editor guy. of I Love Bad Movies, along with the aforementioned uh, Ksenia of Bonnie and Maud. Yeah. Good folks. Engaged. Um, and he's trying to pimp us into uh, making up puns at a moment's notice. Well, I'll just tell you the sequels I want to look for are ones I've already mentioned on the show before. They would be crossover sequels. Mm-hmm. For instance... Rocky Seven, Rambo Five, mm-hmm. starring Sylvester Sloan as both characters. Turns out they're brothers. And a Short Circuit Three, Terminator Six. <laughs> I count the Terminator TV series as the fifth Terminator movie. And and RoboCop point five, right? <laughs> Wait, point five. So it's a prequel. <laughs> yeah, it's, a, it's kind of a. It's like a half prequel, but he's in. What there if too. it was okay? It's a RoboCop, Terminator, Short Circuit, uh, and what was that movie about the little kid who was a robot? Not the show, uh, Small Wonder, but she's in there, Jack? too. Jack? No, not yeah. Jack. It was a kid who had I aging robot? disease. No, what was it called? And I can't remember. It was a little boy who turned out it was a robot. Not, Jack Robot. You know what? I'll just say AI. It wasn't AI, but, but so it's a Terminator, RoboCop, AI, uh, RoboSapien, Small Wonder. Uh, who am I leading out? Bicentennial Man. Bicentennial Man. Look, any robot that's ever been in a movie is going to be in this, and it's going to be called Robots 2. It's the sequel to the movie Robots. The hilarious cast from the Transmorphers movies. Yeah, and the Transformers movies. Hey, guys, hey. And the Morph They're not going to get along with each other. Oh, no. Hey, what about Ratatouille and Ratatouille 3? Oh, those are both good. Uh-huh. Oh, you're you playing, go. too. I like you're it. You're playing the game. What about you, Stuart? Uh, wait, what? <laughs> <laughs> he was in a Mirror's World the whole time? <laughs> so Mirror's 2, that movie doesn't exist yet. No, I, think that... I assume yours would be Castle Freak. <laughs> yeah. The you, third Castle you are Freak. Because right. it turns out... Head of the Family is the second Castle Freak movie. Uh, Head of the Formally would be the fourth one of those. Okay, no, that's good. So we should just quickly get into our movie recommendations. The Invisible Two Miac, right? (laughs) Say the Invisible Maniac Two, Invisible Boogaloo. (laughs) Yeah, wait, why wasn't Tomb Raider Tomb Raider? Because that would be stupid. (laughs) (laughs) Because this is a dumb thing. No, but uh, uh, what's weird is for, for a while sequels didn't have numbers in them; they just would have a subtitle, 
And for and they still do so. Like and they the, would like, often sure. have the characters on the poster pointing out the number of fingers yeah. that the but the so film it's is. weird that they decided to go back and put the numbers in, but just kind of wedge them into the titles, just kind of squeeze them in. Yeah. But like Sherlock Holmes, for instance, it wasn't called Sherlock Holmes Two, the sequel. Yeah. It was like Sherlock Holmes Book of Shadows or Game something. Of Shadows. <laughs> yeah. Wait, they found the Book of Shadows. <laughs> I guess so. Blair, Blair Witch is going to be pissed. It was like Sherlock Holmes Attack of the Clones or something. <laughs> yeah. Sherlock Holmes walks into a room. He's like, some sort of Blair Witch has been here. <laughs> uh, so how do you know that Sherlock? You just got here. What, well, that man died it? in the corner with his hand on the wall. She dropped her business card on the floor. <laughs> it says Blair Witch. Witch. I guess Witch is her last name. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, her first name is Blair, like Blair on the Facts yeah, of Life. Yeah, Blair Witch, and she's a witch. And Blair Underwood. Yeah. <laughs> sure. He's a witch. Uh, so <laughs> He's bewitching. Very quickly, because we're running long, this is the part of the uh, show where we make recommendations of movies we, we saw like. recently that we actually enjoyed. Positive. These are not ironic recommendations. Mm-hmm. These are positive recommendations of movies we enjoy. Elliot, why don't you go first for once? Okay. I usually go last or second, but today so I'll go gonna first. So I'm going to go first. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> Wait, what? Uh, the movie I'm going to recommend is an Italian film from the late 40s, I know you love it already, mm-hmm. called Riso Amaro, which translates as Bitter Rice. And it is a – it's basically a thriller, but it kind of gets to the thriller part. It's a little surprising. It's almost like a film noir crossed with a melodrama crossed with a woman in prison film crossed with okay. like a neorealist story about labor agitation, and uh, basically this woman is on the run from the law and becomes a migrant rice planter, because apparently they have rice fields in Italy, which I didn't realize about, and uh, the criminal who she was working with chases after her. She gets mixed up with another woman at the rice plantation who is seems innocent but maybe isn't, and there's a lot of like small character work among other characters that's a lot of fun and I really enjoyed it a lot it's a movie I DVR'd off Turner Classic Movies on a whim and it turned out to be a lot of fun and really enjoyable so Bitter Rice Riso Amato I'd recommend well you guys are going to make fun of me for this disclaimer but uh, the next movie I'm going to recommend is not like the hardiest recommendation I'm not <laughs> going to say let me guess you saw it on a plane <laughs> no or while you were asleep <laughs> I saw it while I was in- I saw it while I, I saw was- the first 10 minutes of it <laughs> I saw it while I was injured and unable to leave the house to do much, so I was okay. watching a lot of Netflix a streaming. A captive audience. Um, oh boy! But uh, no, it's a it's it's a movie that benefits from a little bit of low expectation, but it was fun, like shaggy comedy. I watched a good old fashioned orgy, which has a lot of uh, comedy folks in it. It's got Jason Sudeikis, uh, Tyler Labine, Lake Bell, Nick Kroll. Uh, uh, Judy Punch, Will Forte, like it's a uh, Judy Punch is a great name. Uh, but what I appreciate because it's like Punch and Judy. <laughs> Thanks. In Thanks one for name. That. You know. Thanks about, for explaining the joke. <laughs> it's about a bunch of uh, friends who have this house, this vacation house, and they're going to lose the vacation house, and they're used to having these big blowout parties there. And they're like, "What?" Jason Sudeikis is like, "I need a great premise for like the last party that we have here," and because like they're growing sort of like older, like he he has this like idea like. This is our last like youthful thing. What we're gonna have is we're gonna have a good old fashioned orgy, and um, so by old fashioned, does he mean like a Roman orgy? I don't know, but he didn't actually watch the movie. <laughs> <laughs> he read about it though, and it was great. <laughs> what I sort of enjoyed. He just about... looked up old fashioned. He looked up old orgy on Google, and this is what came. I told up. you we were running late, and you're <laughs> dragging it out. Hey, you're the boss. Keep going. Uh, what I liked about this movie was that it. A lot of these movies where they have this kind of like racy premise uh, at the end of the movie, they like I feel like there's this need to introduce morality into this, and they're like, "Oh, you know what? This isn't a good idea. We're gonna we're not gonna do this thing. We're gonna reinforce like the most traditional like Social Hollywood, norms. yeah." And this movie makes a feint in that direction, at, and it's not, but it's not spoiling anything to say that they actually go ahead and have the orgy at the end of it, and I sort of <laughs> appreciated that. You don't see that in a movie, and I, I, mean, I, I can, liked that you it... You can see it in a movie pretty easily these days. <laughs> the internet is brings orgy movies to your fingertips. I and enjoyed... there's a couple of stores on Third Avenue <laughs> where I can introduce it to. I just like just that it did something. Just tell for, for a big... Say the well uh, man sent you. Like, like <laughs> for trying to be film. mainstream comedy, I appreciated that it, it went in that direction. Mm. So I'm going to reach back into my past recommendations because <laughs> right. we're running short on time. I sure. don't actually want to think of something. Uh, 
Why would you? You could have done it ahead of time. Why would you? And I'm going to recommend a Flophouse fave, Split Second, starring (laughs) Rutger Hauer. Okay. Set in the far future where... London is flo- like half flooded, so everyone has to walk around in like knee or like knee or thigh high water. And mm-hmm. there's an alien murdering people, or is it not an alien? Who knows? And Rutger Hauer has a unique weakness. And Rutger Hauer uh, has a twist on the typical, you know, uh, 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 detective with skeletons in his closet. This time he is a chalkaholic <laughs> and with a figure to match. Ouch. And uh, Kim Cattrall is naked in it. And uh, sure. yeah, it's great. What else do you need? Would you, there's some look, gore and You got chalkaholic awesome. problems. You got alien killers. You got Kim Cattrall. I would call it the Predator 2 of alien ripoffs. <laughs> so I don't even know if that's faint praise or what. I don't know what kind of description that is. Oh, man, it's great. Okay, so. <laughs> I mean, Predator is an alien ripoff. I'm recommending but not with Predator, a Predator 2. <laughs> Electric Boogaloo. All right, well, uh, this has been a delight, guys. It should have been called Predator 2. <laughs> despite the two hours we spent watching That's My Boy. That was not a delight. Mm-mm. But hey, I love spending time with you guys, and I love spending it with our new listeners and our old listeners. Reminds me of a song. No, no. It feels like it's been forever since I've seen you guys. at the podcast. So, for the Flophouse, I've been Dan McCoy. Young and old, old and new. Oh, I'm Stuart Wellington. Maybe you. Elliot, sign off. Oh, I'm Elliot Kalen. For the Flophouse. His testicles outside of his his leotard, and the character was uh, called Doctor Nuts, and he was like kind of like a crazy guy, and, and he was like yeah. a like a comic relief type, but in like a major like a major wrestling match, his car- Doctor Nuts would get killed by somebody, <laughs> oh, no. and then he would come back as uh, like a dark version of him, yeah. and nobody would know like it's him because he's got a mask, and he was then called Wrecking Balls. <laughs> So you think, but he would still have his testicles outside of his leotard. Yeah, right? that's how you would know it's so you, actually. So him. really, his that's, that's mysterious how, wrestler. It would be a pretty open. Secret. Yeah, the announcers would be like, "Is that? But wait a minute, we haven't seen balls like that since." But he was but killed he was in the killed. ring. <laughs>